0: We had a discussion, like, I think it was last night, it was last night, how underrated the month of November is. And I think a lot of people always, you know, tie in, oh, November, Thanksgiving, whatever. I feel like it's more than that. I think there's more than just Thanksgiving, November. Like today, I think the day's high, high today was like 70 degrees. It felt great this afternoon. Yeah, like tonight you'll be able to go out and sit on your patio and enjoy a couple, uh, a couple
1: suds. It's my plan after this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to visit the Rents, and nice. we are going to kick it by the fire, probably getting some comfy clothes and yeah. have a couple brewskis, maybe a thing of wine. Who knows? Nice. I'm definitely going to have a glass of wine. So why do you look like November? Why do you think it's underrated? Because I can tell you, like, five reasons off the top of my head right now why it's not. Um Or why it is underrated.
0: Okay. So the, the low tonight at midnight is 52. So that's good jacket weather. Yes, whatever. sir. Uh, November to me. Uh, cheaper on your uh, on your on your electric bill, right? You can you can turn your heat off essentially. Yes, sir. Now there's a few nights. You where mean your, you, you mean your AC? Yeah, your AC or your heat. Some people put their heat on with a minute. It's like 55 degrees outside. Yeah. Um, or you can crack a window during the day, kind of keep it there. Okay, so there's that. Um, the temperature it kind of is like a it's like a slow decline. Now, I know this week earlier this week it was like 32 degrees and that was kind of an anomaly for December. Uh, there's beautiful scenery, right? It just has a smell about it.
1: Color of those leaves and the the October, November, just fall in the air. And the sports.
0: Like, we just had a sports equinox. You had the World Series. You had the opening kind of week, two weeks of the NBA. You're getting into the nitty-gritty of college football, and football's taking off. Mm -hmm. Plus hockey, for those of you that are fans of hockey. And... It's kind of just like a subtle warning of what's about to happen. Like, hey, by the way, you're about to freeze your ass off for like the next three and a half months. But hey, before that happens, here's a beautiful look at what's not going to be here in the next month.
1: Also, we have playoff high school football happening. So any you like mm-hmm. major uh, high school fans around the, around the yeah. area or all around the country? Districts. Oh, yeah. And what ramps up right before uh, or right after, I believe, Thanksgiving? State. Yep. Boom. So you got all that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we had the sports equinox. We had the World Series. That was fantastic. I mean, a little, little anticlimactic. That last game was good, but, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, you have Thanksgiving, which you've already mentioned, mm-hmm. of course. You also have, I think uh, this year we're starting the NBA playoffs. It's oh, on right now. Th- I'm sorry about the playoffs. The in-season uh, tournament. Yeah, it's on right now. Got a little bit of everything going. The so. courts
0: look weird. They're, like, futuristic. I'm not a huge fan.
1: Like how I used to think Euroball used to look. Mm-hmm. Now it
0: literally looks like a 2K game. So, I mean, now you can customize your quarters. Oh, yeah. Also, in November, you get this theme song.
2: Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rattle, you name it. Look! I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, The Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rattle, you name it.
0: Praise her. This is Nate Taylor on When the Season Starts. This is, to me, the
3: official start of the season. The first eight weeks were mostly just like, not a run-up to this point, but it was just like, hey, let's let's just reestablish who's good. We have a good idea of who's good now. Okay, let's see from now until the middle of January who is the best team, who's the most consistent team. And I still think Jacksonville has a good say in this. Baltimore has a good say in this. But it would surely help the Chiefs, if they obviously want to have the number one seed, to have wins over the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Bengals. Those are their most important games this season. And so this starts off that, that, that real run-up to the postseason.
0: Nate's saying what we've been saying all along this season. It's been so hard for me not to talk about this game against Miami because this is essentially, to me, the kickoff for the regular season. right? This is when things get real juicy. For the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And we've said this all along. And he mentions the tiebreaker in this. And that's why a lot of people, you know, sit back and say, well, the Chiefs kind of had a cupcake schedule. Well, that's why the season starts now, right? If you would have taken everybody from the beginning of the season and said, when you go to Germany and you play Miami, you're 6-2 and and you're the number one seed in the AFC, how do you feel about that? I would hope. And again, I don't really have a whole lot of hope for, um, a lot of society, but that's okay. We're getting better. Um, I would hope that 99% of people would have been like, yeah, I'd take it. Cause I feel like there's still probably people to be like, well, I, they should to be seven and one from the teams that I'm looking at. Right. But Jacksonville on the road, Minnesota on the road, uh, AFC East jets on the road, which at the time, a lot of people thought was going to be Aaron Rodgers, It wasn't. So that would have been, maybe some would have had that as a loss, um, You know, two and one against your division. So I think when you look at that and you think to yourself, okay, with the season starting and officially really ramping up when you play Miami and Germany, you're six and two with the number one seed in the AFC East or the AFC, and you're the number one seed in your division, and you're going to win your division for the seventh consecutive or the eighth consecutive year. Yeah, everybody would take it. Not only that, but when you win this game, you kind of set up the future of the AFC. Now, obviously, Baltimore, you can't really control because Baltimore, you don't play, but you'd have to think that that AFC North is going to beat each other up. The other thing that's important about this game and why this is kind of the real season is that it doesn't just evolve you. It's not always just about you, right? You just play the first game of probably the biggest week of the season. You play Miami rather than shoot at 8.30 a.m. in Germany. At noon, Baltimore gets a test against Seattle. Now, I'm not saying that Seattle's a top-tier team, but they fight, and they play Baltimore at noon. Philadelphia and Dallas, that game is gigantic. Philadelphia-Dallas, that game, a lot on the line. And then at night, a game that is dictated by what happens at the start of the day, which is so just absolutely awesome, is Cincinnati-Buffalo, which means that if you win against Miami... One of those top-tier teams, I assume there's not going to be a tie, but one of those other top-tier teams of the AFC is also going to lose. Two birds, one stone. You beat Miami, you take control of the narrative over them with the tiebreaker. They go to 6-3, and you go to 7-2, and and that is a huge one-game advantage. Not only that, but somebody's got to lose in Buffalo versus Cincinnati. You then gain ground over another team that is going to be a threat And if you win this game against Miami, in which the real season takes off, that's why we say this, right? I wasn't the only one saying that. I'm not trying to give my own self credit and pat myself on the back. But when you look at this game, that gives you that much more breathing room going into the bye when you'll play a team in Philadelphia in two weeks at Arrowhead. And you know that game's going to have some stank on it. That Philadelphia team, they haven't forgotten. You're going to play Tyree Kill, you're going to get a break, and then you're going to play against the other best wide receiver in football and A.J. Brown. And you're going to get Jalen Hurts. So a win essentially gives you breathing room against Buffalo and Cincinnati, gives you tiebreaker over Miami, and it lets you relax a little bit, just a little bit, before you play Philadelphia. But the other thing about this which is super dumb and really funny to think about at the same time. This is the same book every year. This is just a different chapter. This is how every Chiefs season is going to go and has gone since 2019. You're going to play the best team of every division every year as long as you continue to win your division and you're going to win your division again. And I can promise you, this time, November 3rd, next year, we're going to have a really similar damn conversation. Because look at last year's teams, right? Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Miami, Baltimore. Were those not all the teams that we were talking about in November last year? And guess what we're doing again this year? Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, and you can add Jacksonville but I believe it was last year Buffalo was in this position. They were the team that was biting for the top spot that had the number one seed. It was the chiefs that had to crawl back and get it. And you all remember last year. I don't think we forget seasons. Once we start to think about it, or once we get in the middle of the grunt of the next season, but you remember last year, all the things that had to happen. If you didn't have tiebreaker, you lost to Buffalo and remember the reaction to that was everybody in the locker room was like, we know we're going to see that team again. You know, we got to play Cincinnati. Hopefully we can beat them. Lost to Cincinnati. December 4th. And then it was like, we need some weird things to happen. She slid right into that top spot, kind of out of their control. This year, flip the script. Same sort of story. You're just in the fast lane with nobody behind you. And you can keep it that way. But unfortunately, the season gets tough. And it gets tough on Sunday at 8.30 in the morning in Frankfurt, Germany. But this is why when all these people like Nick Wright, Nate Taylor, Carrington Harrison, Dusty Likens, not trying to put myself in that category, but I kind of did. That's why we say these types of things. That's why we say that the official season starts on Sunday. Obviously, this is week nine. But when you're a team of upper excellence and upper expectations – things tend to elevate a little bit more the longer you go in. And we know that the real, you know, football season doesn't really start until mid-November, December. This year, it's a little earlier. Not saying there's a lot of pressure on the Chiefs because they've been here so many times before. It's just another, like I said, chapter in the same book. We'll just see how the ending goes. But I can tell you right now, this game is going to be electric. I think it's going to be a lot like that Chargers game in the first half. I just think there's going to be a little bit more juice going into the third quarter. But there's another thing that this game kind of gives me the feel of. What I mean by that, I'll explain on the other side. On After Hours for Blake, I'm Dusty, and you're listening to 610 Sports Radio.
2: You're listening to After Hours
0: with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. From the 816, Dusty, it's high school playoff time. Shout-out to my Lee Summit North Broncos on the road to win state. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Mosey's team, man. They've had a chance to win state the last two years. Hopefully they can get it done this year.
1: I would like to give a big shout-out to Bishop Meeh Staggs right now playing Aquinas in the playoffs tonight. So good luck to the Stags out there.
0: Yeah, I uh, – my Blue Springs Wildcats just aren't the same as they used to be. But that's okay. When their coach leaves to go to Rockhurst and build a superpower coaching staff, it is what it is. So, um, maybe another time. Uh, somebody says, uh, primo golf weather. So, I want to bring up something that I've <laughs> – this is a serious conversation. I'm dead serious, Blake. So, I have a portable leaf blower. Mm -hmm. is it frowned upon if I were to take that to the golf course this time of year?
1: You know, I don't think so, because you can use your club Mm -hmm. to move debris in front of behind the ball.
0: Like, I know I would be probably like a TikTok, or I'd be like on foreplay if somebody recorded it and sent it to the guys from foreplay golf or what desire golf, whatever, whatever the platform is. But to me, to me, there's nothing more frustrating <laughs> than hitting a ball like just to the edge of the fairway or lightly in the rough, and you can't find it because there's leaves everywhere. Yeah, and my leaf blower would fit right between the two golf bags in the back of the cart. It's battery operated. I'd be respectful. Like if somebody was teeing off, I wouldn't just.
1: Well, the electric ones aren't cra- crazy loud.
0: No. But if I took that to the golf course, would I be? Would it be frowned at? Like, would a marshal get pissed?
1: Would someone think you're the Richard of the week? I see. I don't think that's that's kind of a smart move. I like, think Richards it's very a smart week. move. But you're going to have the classics, the the, the uh, you know traditionalists who are going to say, "I can't believe that young gun's out here doing that crap." <laughs> well, those <laughs> are the same <laughs> guys
0: who get mad if you play music. Yeah, so which, which you're not I gonna can't please stand them either.
1: I can't. I golf with music all the time. Sure. As and, long
0: as it's like a respect. And like volume. you said,
1: Pro V1s are expensive, man. So if <laughs> yeah. you're going to lose one of those, but it's in, it's in play. Like that's even more frustrating.
0: Well, not only that, but I just don't, I think it's more of like the initiative that you went outside of the realm of what golf is and you, you were smarter. And a lot of times it's uh what is the, the cliche saying don't work harder, work smarter. Like don't lose golf balls because of, you know, the leaves. If you have a leap blower, like you blow it around. Voila, there's my ball. All right. I, I think it's an back. ingenious move. It's the same thing to me, and this is what I was thinking. Maybe these were gummy thoughts, but it's the same thing to me of those people that bring the extended uh, ball finder if the ball goes in the water, right? You know your ball's there, but if you don't have an extender or a long enough club to scoop it out of the water because you want to keep it, you have to leave it your ball goes in the rough and there's leaves everywhere and you have a leaf blower and you blow the leaves around, you find it, boom, there you go.
1: To, to me, it's it's almost the exact same as uh, driving a snow plow onto a football field in a playoff game and see? being able to uh, plow the field for Vinatari.
0: Yep. Not only that, um now I wouldn't be that guy, like, on the green. I wouldn't, like, blow my golf line to no, see, no, no, like, no. where the where, like, if there's, like, I'll just pick the sticks and leaves up off the green. But, like, again, if I, like, hook one over into the rough and I'm over there and I got the leaf blower, all right, there's my ball.
1: I'm good to go. I, I guess think, what the
0: guy that's with you, he's going to be your best friend the rest of that. Oh, race.
1: hell yeah, he will. So it's not frowned upon. I, I wouldn't frown upon it. Okay. But again, like I said, the old heads are going to be the ones that are complaining the most. But who cares? Golf's a young man's game now. Yeah. You brought this
0: up a little bit earlier. And I said we we're going to talk about it later on in the show as we talk about this game um, real quick, though, from the a 16 As a golf pro, no problem. But if there's a lot of people on the course, they'll start coming in and complaining.
1: What if all they all had leaf blowers?
0: See, that's the thing is they're going to complain about the noise, but again, I'm not going to do it in their backswing. But the other thing too is like, I'm not going to like take more than like a two minute walk on the area and blow the leaves around and then move. It won't
1: Yeah. It won't even take that long. No, it'd be like 60
0: seconds. Yeah. So the golf pro says, no problem. I'm good to go. I love it. Thank you. Golf pro 816. And thank you for listening to the show called after hours on 610 sports radio. Uh, We mentioned earlier about this being the biggest international game. No doubt about it. Um, there's a reason why they're playing in Germany. I know a lot of people that are maybe workers at, uh, at GHA Field and Arrowhead Stadium. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are upset because this is technically a home game, so you're missing out on a game uh, that normally would be there. But also, Miami, Kansas City. No one could have predicted that both these teams would be vying for the top spot in the AFC come this week in Germany. Uh, this is the first time or I guess the second time that teams have played in Germany. I believe the Bucks played there last year. And you bring in two powerhouses internationally, that gives the game a little bit more of an uptick in attractiveness. Not only that, this kind of feels like a mid-season Super Bowl. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, that's fine. 913 6, 6, If I'm wrong, that this feels like kind of like a championship style game midway through the season, tell me. Because that's the feeling I get. The feeling I get is everybody is, you know, pining to get to Sunday at 8 30 in the morning. It's an obscure time, right? Hardly ever are there games at 5 30, like there is on the Super Bowl. Hardly ever are there games at 8 30. I think everybody's a kind of low key a fan of that. Right? I get it. 8.30 on a Sunday seems early. Like, I don't want to get out of bed early. It's like, hey, get up at 8. You know, eat a little breakfast and coast right into the game, and then your game's over at 11.30, and then guess what? You can do whatever it is you want to do the rest of the day. Watch more football, go to Red Zone, get some chores done around the house, rake the leaves. I'm sure they're all over your yard. Some of us that are smart, like the guy you're listening to, is doing that tomorrow. Mulch day, baby. But this game kind of gives me Super Bowl vibes. And it kind of got to that feeling last night when we were watching on Twitter the route of the plane of the Chiefs going to Germany. Like, last night felt like when the news channels do the tracking Santa on Christmas Eve, you know what I'm talking about? Like, on Channel 41 or Fox 4, they're always like, Santa's over Brazil right now. He'll be in the United States around 10.49 p.m. And you're like, oh. Okay, kids, you better get to bed. Santa's over Antarctica. He'll be here in two hours. And we were watching where the Chiefs play was going because they had some, I guess, difficulties with flights and delays and all that kind of stuff. And they were grounded. They didn't get over there until like whatever early in the morning. And it was just interesting that we were watching that. Not only that, Josh Klingler, who's over there currently on Twitter, goes to and said, we just had a random interaction with two DHL pilots from Singapore at our hotel in Frankfurt. "Quote: Mahomes is in this hotel." End quote. Klingler says, "Yes." The response: "F me." And what about that guy that dates Taylor Swift? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That via Josh Ooh. Klingler's uh, Twitter. And then not only that, there is some sort of celebratory factor of Travis Kelsey over there, right? Like, I've seen some videos where the media was absurd. Like, the media line for practice today was, it looked like a championship type of game. Like, the media was just all over the sideline. Photogs, photographers, videographers, everybody. German local media, Kansas City, Miami, ESPN, NFL, everything. They're all there. And then, of course, the most popular question was asked to Travis Kelsey. Davis
4: Are you in love?
3: What is the latest status? Oh,
0: we oui. um, spice it up.
3: Exactly um, answers. The latest status is I got to see her last week. That's the latest status right there.
4: And the second part, are you
3: um, I'm going to keep my personal relationship personal.
4: Uh, <laughs> Chris
0: Jones in the background, egging on Travis Kelsey, who was asked by a reporter if he was in love. So, not only do we have Chiefs versus Miami, playing tracking on Twitter. Pilots asking sideline reporters if that guy that dates Travis or that dates T- uh, Taylor Swift is in the hotel with Mahomes and showing pure excitement. Not only that, there's a little bit of a rivalry factor. There's always a storyline in every Super Bowl matchup. And I know the whole season takes place, but in this one, you have the Tyreek Hill versus former team, Patrick Mahomes versus Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And this game just seems astronomically bigger than any other game that's been played over an international soil. At least in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Does this game to you seem like it's on a different platform than any
1: other game we've ever had overseas? Oh, 100%. And I think, it, like you said, it has to do with everything. It's all the hype that it's gotten this week on our local media. It's the fact that there is a history of a Euro League in Germany, I believe they had two separate uh, NFL Europe teams back in the day, uh, you know, so there is a, a a love of football over in Germany, maybe even more, who knows, than in London. I know, obviously, London gets all the, the games originally, but now that they've got Germany last year, they got Germany this year. Wh- how fast did the game sell out? 15 minutes. Was, yeah, 15 minutes. It was quick. So clearly, and the fact that we have international love for a guy named Patrick, my freaking Holmes. Yeah. They know who he is, you know, and the fact that he even knew Travis Kelsey by proxy through Taylor Swift, you know, I, I, Travis might not be as popular over there, but the fact that he knew who he was, even if it was a one degree of separation, you know, that's, Mm. that's uh, pretty cool. It's been so hyped.
0: Yeah. I mean, for all that it's worth, I mean, it just, there's a background story. There's a celebrity side of the story. Both teams are really, really good fighting for the number one overall seed in the AFC, And we just really don't get that with these games. For a lot of the times, it's Jacksonville, Atlanta, Baltimore, Jacksonville. It's always Jacksonville, it seems.
1: Well, this one just has so much major playoff implications as well.
0: They got it right internationally, that's for sure. So good for them. Coming up on the other side, local college teams in action this weekend. KU, K-State, Missouri. The lines, what we think, and what will probably be the outcome after this week. Because they're all bowl eligible. Now it's just a matter of which bowl you can get to and how much respect you can put on your name by the end of the season. For Blake, and Dusty. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Don't forget, coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll do the out-of-left-field question. It is theme-based this weekend. Obviously, there's certain things happening on Saturday. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit as we dive back into after. It's kind of crazy to think an hour and a half has already gone by. It is almost 8
1: o'clock. Time flies when you're having fun, man. We're just having a ball back here. Are dust, you having I'm having a blast, man. When do we not have fun together? I
0: was going to say, it's never really one of those things where, like, which is really, I've been very blessed with all you uh, producers that have come in here. Like, I know I'm not the, the easiest because you don't know where I'm going to go. And that's fair. I understand that. I, that's a bed that I make that I sleep in. But I do I do appreciate all of you. Well, like, I, hope I, you I, don't, know. I don't think there's anybody who's like, God, I have to work with this again. <laughs> like, I think Nathan was in here the other night. And he's like, yeah, I've never talked on the air before until tonight. I was like, well, hey. get used to it, man, because I'm going to throw it to you.
1: Best time to learn is on the fly, man. Yeah. Well, and I like it, too, because... I, I My brain sporadically goes places, so the fact mm-hmm. that you can take it anywhere else, I can just hop right into whatever you're talking about.
0: Which is nice. That is chemistry. Boom. Um, Chiefs-Dolphins, 8.30 a.m. on 106.5. The Wolf pregame at 5.30 in the morning. I really felt bad for Binkley because I was like, man, finally you get a Sunday. Because like for those of you that don't, I don't know, know, so Chiefs postgame is rather long. So the game, let's say a normal game is at 325. It gets over at, what, 630? Their postgame goes from like 630 to 8, and then Binkley goes from like 8 to 10. Well, he's up here during the entire game. So Binkley's up here for like nine hours. And then I'm like, okay, cheese played 830. Didn't think about, you know, what you normally do in pregame, which he normally gives his college roundup. So that's why he's always up here. I didn't think about it. He had to be on the air at like 530 in the morning. Like that's not something you can like pre-record because all the college games happen Saturday night. So you have to wait till all the conclusion of the Saturday night games. Then you gotta get up at like four thirty in the morning, drive up here, but then he's just gonna watch the game. So early start, but early finish for Jay Binkley. Um, and speaking of college football, uh local action this weekend. I mean, it's it's kind of juicy because of where these teams are at. They're all bowl eligible. Missouri seven and one, Kansas six and two. I believe K State is six and two. They've lost Oklahoma State and Mizzou. Um, And K-State and Texas play the first game Saturday. That's an 11 a.m. start. It's at Texas, Texas minus four. Beagley was talking earlier about the double quarterback uh, situation in K-State with with Avery and Howard. And he thinks K-State can win this game. K-State's defense has not allowed a touchdown, I believe, in like six quarters. Longer than that. Maybe it's been, like, nine. But K-State, this is one of those games, man. Like, this is kind of like that, not necessarily similar to the KU-Oklahoma game, but this is, like, the last chance you get at Texas while they're in the Big 12. They go to the big, bad SEC, which is probably where they should have gone for many, many years now, and you got a chance to go into their house in Austin and win this game against the Texas Longhorns and keep your ride going to the top of the Big 12. And K-State is a four-point dog. I like Texas in this game. I get it that Ewers, Binkley said, isn't playing, um, but I just like Texas. I don't know if I like the minus four. I might take K State plus four, but just hang with them. The only thing I can say for K State, you got to score 30 plus. Texas has scored 30 plus in every single game this year. They put up points, they've got a stud wide receiver. And they just know how to score. And K-State, you just got to score. Or if you're going to not score 30, you got to keep Texas under 20. Which your defense is legit. So hopefully you can keep them under 20. The other game, uh, KU at Iowa State. Iowa State minus three. KU coming off the massive win against Oklahoma at home at the booth. Uh, Iowa State three-point favorites. I think you hammer KU. Binkley claims to say that you hammer the over. Uh, that is 56 and a half currently. I like that bet. I like over in KU and Iowa State, but I like KU, man. I, I really think that KU is kind of getting to that point where you can start to trust them because of what they have at head coach, which is Lance Leipold. And Lance Leipold has been a great addition to that school, knowing now that you can transfer, not be you know punished by that transfer, be able to start right away, get your sort of, you know, your mechanisms, your, your sort of play, get it going. And, uh, and really kind of, you know, put your stamp on the program. And he's done that back to back, at least six win seasons, you're going up against Iowa state on the road. This is a tough win, but this is a division win. This is kind of like the same thing we talked about. You know, you got to, every once in a while, you got to go to, you know, the chargers house and you got to find a win, be the better team, beat Iowa state going to Ames. And win that game and get to eight wins and get to seven wins, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like okay, here we go because we know right now Mizzou is, uh, I believe, twelfth in the BCS championship standings. KU twenty one, K State twenty three. Everybody's got a respect value next to their name, and that leads you right into Mizzou at Georgia. And I don't want to sound, um, I don't want to sound like I'm giving up already. Just play with them. Just just stay competitive with Georgia. Now, I know what last, games, or last season's game was. I watched every single second of it. It was a doomy-gloomy game at Columbia. They hung around. They hung around. They were leading late. They were, they were playing with Georgia. They were staying competitive. And then Georgia just kind of ran away with it with their defense. It was just obviously the same sort of story every year with Georgia. Massive defensive line, more talent than you, and eventually it prevails, and they wake up and play their game. This is a different year. Right. This is 12 versus one in Athens, which is where college game day should have been. Instead, it's in Alabama. So we've got to watch Alabama LSU and watch that game be 24 to 17, 17 to, you know, or probably 14 to seven at halftime. And somebody will say some cliche BS saying, like, oh, we're just in for another, you know, tough battled SEC game. And Missouri goes to Athens. They play the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one team that's been the number one team for the last what? two and a half years, back-to-back championships, Drinkwitz, you got a big win against K-State. But man, I'm not saying they're going to win this game. And a lot of people think Georgia's going to house Missouri.
1: Apparently the odds makers do.
0: And the odds are Georgia's a 15 and a half point favorite. Are we all feeling somewhat comfortable that we should take Missouri plus 15 and a half? I mean, 15 and a half, that's, that's two touchdowns and a field goal. And you're the 12th-ranked team in the nation. And you played well, and you have an outstanding playmaker at a receiver in Luther Burden. Weiss is also a great addition at receiver for Missouri as well. Not addition, but a great player on the other side of Luther Burden. I get it. I know it. I hear it. I feel it. It's Georgia. It's the Bulldogs. It's at their place. Missouri had a bye last week, and they go into Athens as a 15-and-a-half-point underdog. You shake your head. Yeah,
1: it's disrespectful.
0: Okay.
1: I, I think. I are, think you that, a, are you a Missouri fan? a diehard Missouri okay. fan. Lifelong. <laughs> Disrespect. Lifelong. I, I think it's disrespectful. I mean, yeah, okay, I get it. Mizzou in the past previous years has not been, especially under uh, Drink, Drinkwitch's tutelage, yeah. has not been what they wanted. Last year, there was so many games, though, that it was a three-point ball game. You know, the Auburn game, the Georgia game, where you're leading until the final seven and a half mm-hmm. minutes of that entire game. Um, and what did they, they, what did they build last year? It was the defense. The defense was stout last year. It was their offense that could not move the rock and had no idea what what their identity was. This year, Brady Cook, for the offensive side, has taken that team and made an identity, created an identity, okay? You have Luther Burden, who is uh, probably the second-best wide receiver in college football behind Marvin Harrison Jr., okay? People aren't talking about Theo East Jr. That guy was a former five, four-star, four, four five-star recruit Mm-hmm. who transferred to Mizzou and has been nothing but remarkable this year. Uh that is not even talking about Mookie Cooper. I mean, they got a three-headed dragon at the receiving, at the at the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Then you talk about their running backs. I mean, they're the number 1 or number 2 in the SEC. I know they were number 1 for the first 5 weeks uh in rushing. Yeah. So, then that's not even to go over to the defensive side and talk about their defensive line, who they have one of the top defenses in all of SEC, let alone college football. Yeah, They I'm, have the number one corner, I believe, number one or number two mm-hmm. in the entire college football who will get drafted.
0: Yeah, and I think – oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, there's also no Brock Bowers. Yeah, that's massive. Right? And I'm like Binkley. I mean, I look, I'm obsessed with, with Brock Bowers, and I would love if somehow there was a fortunate way where the Chiefs could just trade everything and go get him and let him be the next Travis Kelsey. But this is a game in which I, I don't think that coaches dial in on the spread, but I definitely think that coaches look at it. I definitely think that coaches see that and can use that as the cliche bulletin board material. Hey, you guys are 15, to point on, 15 and a half point underdogs. Okay? You're the 12th team in the country, and they think you're going to get boat raced by the Georgia Bulldogs. Prove them wrong. And I don't also believe in moral victories. But if Missouri loses this game by three to seven points, you hung with the best on the road, and you're not going to move that much in the standings. But damn if Drinkwitz can beat Georgia, who can already recruit, and you got a class coming in in the next couple years, plus the transfer portal, plus Luther Burden, who's going to be a top 10 pick in two years. Just play with the dogs, man. Just play with Georgia. Because we're ready to see Georgia, you know, face adversity. Plus, I don't know what this whole town of Columbia would look like if they beat Georgia.
1: Oh, buddy. It's going crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. It's going crazy. We'll get into the audio of the week that was Chiefs, Miami, and Germany. We'll react to each one. We'll play that great Mahomes clip of if this will be a domino effect. Plus, coming up in just a short 15 minutes, we'll get into the out of left field question for Dusty. For Dusty. For Blake, I'm Dusty. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. This show's called After Hours.
2: You're listening to After Hours with Dusty
0: Lichens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats,
1: drinks, scenic views.
0: segment of the seven o'clock hour going by fast tonight on a werewolf after hour friday night nice night i think it's still like 65 degrees outside i might be wrong about that it's 59 a little low
1: good night for a werewolf though
0: yeah it is a little cloudy watch out ladies
1: <laughs> i'm serious see the uh the fangs coming out a little bit over there
0: yep uh, yeah, good good weather for Sunday. 69 degrees on Sunday, 70 on Monday, 71 on Tuesday, 68 on Wednesday. You got no utilities this week, baby. Just throw an extra, you know, throw an extra little blanket on the bed. Go to sleep in them flannel PJs. Wrap yourself up in that. Are you a robe guy?
1: Not so much of a robe guy. I'm a sweatpants guy. Fair enough. Big sweatpants guy. Are you a, Are you a guy who sleeps in socks? In the wintertime, yeah. In the wintertime, always? In the wintertime. Okay. Sometimes it's nice to have them socks on, you know? Of course. You never know when you have to get up and do something quick.
0: Or get after it. <laughs> Lots of audio from this week. I want to play a lot of it for you. Um, it's no lie that Tyreek Hill has been doing his, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill has been doing his talking. We uh, we heard a lot of that this week. Um Tyree Hill on trash talks that's coming.
2: My boy Miko called me the other day, so I'm really excited to see him. Excited to see Pat, Kelsey, things like that. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be trash talk, but it's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I want I want to see you do good, but we gonna bust your ass at the same time though. Like it's gonna be one of those things, like backyard football with your brothers.
0: Yeah. And then this is also Tyree kill on giving the Chiefs that work.
2: Doesn't really matter. Where, where we play at. I mean, obviously, it would have been great to play in KC, but it, it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They are gonna get this work wherever though. Look, y'all ready to use that? Mm-hmm.
0: And then on facing his former team. But um, yeah, man, it's
2: just just a uh, just another opportunity for me to play the game that I love. Um, obviously, it'll be against you know um, Kansas City Chiefs, but. You no, I'm gonna treat this week just like it's any other week.
0: So when you hear the Tyreek Hill audio, and this is again, this is just me. This is just my opinion. You can have, you know, you can have your own opinion. You can, you can think that I'm wrong or that I'm, I'm fishing in the wrong pond for, you know, for comments. But it seems like this is more of an individual type of game for Tyreek Hill than it is anybody else, which is fair. You are an all-pro wide receiver. You're a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Maybe one of the best we've ever seen play that position. A lot of Antonio Brown vibes when it comes to Tyreek Hill. Not that Antonio Brown. The Antonio Brown that was thriving in Pittsburgh. Unstoppable. Knew he was going to get his. Top-tier fantasy player. Fun to watch. Seems to be liked nationwide because of how he plays the game. Electric. But this seems like maybe it's a game in which Tyreek Hill wants it a little bit more than the team does. Excuse me. And that can work in an advantage for the Chiefs, and this is why. Sometimes when you are uberly talented and you are one one of the better players, when you play with an emotional attachment, you try to be something more than you are, which in this case is, I don't know, ridiculous to think. Tyreek Hill doesn't need to perform at a higher level than he has already. He's already played probably the best first eight games of NFL season at wide receiver than we've ever seen in our lives. And that's just the truth. 1,084 yards, the record 1,974 set by Megatron. Barring any injury, Tyreek Hill ought to crush that record. He ought to be the first wide receiver to ever record 2,000 yards receiving in a single season, which will probably put him at the Offensive Player of the Year. Congratulations to those who put him as their offensive player of the year, because you'll probably win that bet. But it just seems like maybe adding all of this can maybe, you know, add some more negatives than it can a positive. Somebody like Tyreek Hill, maybe try too hard, try to make a big play that's not there and not catch it, cause an interception. And then all of a sudden that clouds the memory and you have to cool yourself down. I've seen it happen before. We all have. We've all had those times when we were in little league sports where, your best friend plays on the other team, and he's the pitcher, or he's you know a batter that's really good, and he goes up there trying to hit a seven-run home run every single time, and that kid just didn't play up to his normal standards because he tried to do too much. Mitch Holtis, also on with Fesco in the morning, had this to say about what this Chris Jones game could be.
3: I think Chris Jones needs to dominate, and in dominating, I mean not just getting three sacks. Hard to get sacks on Tua, uh, and the fact that he gets rid of the ball faster than anybody in the league at 2.28 seconds, and many of those are those oh, Tyreek's in the slot, let's throw the quick slant. But, and this gets into another one of my points, this becomes a game of aerodynamics for the front, and no one can throw off the aerodynamics of a quarterback and the ball that he's releasing than Chris Jones. So this isn't just, it'd be nice to get three sacks, go get them, but I'd take a couple passes batted down, really good in run-gap defense, and then play with your teammates because you got some, it's the most talented group you've ever had, Chris. Uh, straight across from you. Use them and go to work.
0: And there's a lot of us, a lot of things there that I agree with. I like the fact that he said that he says you can go have a three-sack game. That'd be enormous. That would be the first thing you'd see on Pro Football Focus the next week. Chris Jones, highest rate defender, defensive player of the week, Chris Jones for three sacks or whatever. But it's also true that What we've seen or what we've been told all year with Chris Jones' presence on that defensive line, everybody else's game is elevated. Mike Dana's game is elevated. George Karloftis, who we've seen really come into a zone this year. In fact, last week was a big George Karloftis game, even though it was clouded by the loss to Denver. But Karloftis has gotten better, and the presence of Chris Jones and Ominahue being in that middle and able to move out side to side or scheme their way into what Spags has been able to develop in this defense is also one of those things. Let Chris Jones go be, you know somebody that can be, you know, very dominant, whether that is a sack, a batted ball, and pressures, I'm fine with that. Just don't go missing. Let this be a game in which, you know, you use the the Tyreek Hill talking as a chip. Don't let it overshadow who you really are. Just go be Chris Jones. Matt Nagy also gives you a little bit of, you know, ease on the tension of what you might see from
4: an offense. It's very fixable. There, there's not panic, but there's, 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 it's there for us to understand that a few things. When you look back um, two weeks ago, we put a pretty good game together. The players played well. They executed. We played complementary football with the defense and special teams. Then this past um, weekend against Denver, you, you know, in any football game, you can't turn the football over, and we did that. We did it three times in the first half. Um, we were you know, not very good in the red zone when we got down there and didn't turn the ball over, then we didn't score. Whether it's a turnover or um, a field goal, or you know, not not just not getting a touchdown, we're I think one for one for eight in two games against that defense, and so you got to give them credit. But at the same point in time, we know we can be better. So going back to the drawing board, seeing where we went wrong, not placing blame, but also accepting that we got to be better, and we know we can. And um, you get a great opportunity here for us to show what we can do uh, in all three phases this weekend.
0: So when you think about what this offense is going to do and where you can see this Chiefs offense kind of picking up is when it comes to the Mahomes stat line that we talked about earlier about, oh, well, you know, will this be a domino effect? Patrick Mahomes in his non-typical Patrick Mahomes way.
2: Make sure that this
0: isn't like a domino effect.
2: It won't be. Yeah. All
1: right,
0: thank you. That ain't path that you normally hear. Make sure that this isn't like a domino effect. in It won't be. Thank you. That's petty Mahomes, man. And that's what this whole week is about. That's what this whole game's been about. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like Nate Taylor. Has said, that we've this said
3: is, to me, the official start of the season, the first eight weeks were mostly just like, not a run up to this point, but it was just like, Hey, let's, let's just reestablish who's good. We have a good idea of who's good now. Okay. Let's see from now until the middle of January, who is the best team, who's the most consistent team, and I still think Jacksonville has a good say in this, Baltimore has a good say in this, but it would surely help the Chiefs, if they obviously want to have the number one seed, to have wins over the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Bengals. Those are their most important games this season, and so this starts off that... That, that real run-up to the postseason.
0: The real season starts Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on 106.5 The Wolf. You can hear pregame on 610 Sports Radio, just like all your other seasons. You know, the first couple of games are great. I remember a lot of times, you know, you, your first couple of games, it's almost like syllabus week. The Chiefs have had syllabus week. They've had, you know, the first, you know, pop quiz. This is your first test. This is going to tell you where you're at in the season for the semester before you go to winter break. This is your first test. It is the Miami Dolphins. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. It is 830 on a Sunday morning. I love the 830 kick. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I love it.
1: Oh, I'll be up and ready.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't wait. We do this every night at 8 o'clock. We do the out of left field question. I always give you the question now ahead of time. Without saying an extra hour of sleep, what is the best part of daylight savings time for you? Nine one three five eight six seven six ten without saying an extra hour of sleep. What is the best part of daylight savings time for you? That is the out of left field question to you, Jay Southland lanto Service Text Line. 913 7610 without saying an extra hour of sleep. What is the best part of daylight savings time for you? For Blake, I'm Dusty. This is after hours and six ten sports radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.